Section 25 of the Handy Cyclopedia of Things Worth Knowing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Handy Cyclopedia of Things Worth Knowing by Joseph Trennans, published in 1911. Section 25. Business Law in Brief. It is a fraud to conceal a fraud. Ignorance of the law excuses no one. A contract made on a Sunday is void. A contract made with a lunatic is void. The act of one partner binds all the others. An agreement without consideration is void. The law compels no one to do impossibilities. Agents are liable to their principles for errors. Principles are liable for their acts of the agents. A receipt for money paid is not legally conclusive. Signatures made with a lead pencil are good in law. The seal of a party to a written contract imports consideration. A contract made with a minor cannot be enforced against him. A note made by a minor is voidable. Each individual in a partnership is liable for the whole amount of the debts of the firm. A note which does not state on its face that it bears interest will bear interest only after due. A lease of land for a longer term than one year is void unless in writing. An endorser of a note is exempt from liability if notice of its dishonor is not mailed or served within twenty-four hours of its non-payment. In case of the death of the principal maker of a note, the holder is not required to notify a surety that the note is not paid before the settlement of the maker's estate. Notes obtained by fraud or made by an intoxicated person are not collectible. If no time of payment is specified in a note, it is payable on demand. An endorser can avoid liability by writing without recourse beneath his signature. A check endorsed by the payee is evidence of payment in the drawer's hands. An outlawed debt is revived should the debtor make a partial payment. If negotiable paper pledged to a bank as security for the payment of a loan or debt falls due, and the bank fails to demand payment and have it protested when dishonored, the bank is liable to the owner for the full amount of the paper. Want of consideration, a common defense interposed to the payment of negotiable paper, is a good defense between the original parties to the paper, but after it has been transferred before maturity to an innocent holder for value, it is not a defense. Sometimes the holder of paper has the right to demand payment before maturity. For instance, when a draft has been protested for non-acceptance and the proper notice is served, the holder may at once proceed against the drawer and endorsers. Negotiable paper payable to bearer or endorser in blank, which has been stolen or lost, cannot be collected by the thief or finder, but a holder who receives it in good faith before maturity for value can hold it against the owner's claim at the time it was lost. If a note or draft is to be paid in the state where it is made, the contract will be governed by the laws of that state. When negotiable paper is payable in a state other than that which it is made, the laws of that state will govern it. Marriage contracts, if valid where they are made, are valid everywhere. Contracts relating to personal property are governed by the laws of the place where made, except those relating to real estate which are governed by the laws of the place where the land is situated. The Right of Dower Dower is one-third of the husband's estate, and in general cannot be destroyed by the mere act of the husband. Hence, in the sale of real estate by the husband, his wife must, with the husband, sign the conveyance to make the title complete to the purchaser. 
In the absence of signature, the widow can claim full dower rights after the husband's death. Creditors also seize the property subject to such dower rights. The husband in his will sometimes gives his wife property in lieu of dowry. In this case she may, after his death, elect to take either such property or her dower, but she cannot take both. While the husband lives, the wife's right of dower is only in cohate. It cannot be enforced. Should he sell the land to a stranger, she has no right of action or remedy until his death. In all cases, the law of the state in which the land is situated governs it, and as in case of heirship, full information must be sought for in statute which is applicable. Marriage and Divorce Marriage may be entered into by any two persons with the following exceptions. Idiots, lunatics, persons of unsound mind, persons related by blood or affinity within certain degrees prohibited by law, infants under the age of consent, which varies in the different states, and all persons already married and not legally divorced. The causes for which divorce may be obtained vary greatly in the different states. In South Carolina, only fraud and force are recognized as invalidating the marriage tie, this state having no divorce law. In the District of Columbia and all the other states, with the exception of Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Virginia, cruelty is a statutory cause and desertion in all but New York. In most of the states, neglect is also recognized as a valid cause. Imprisonment for crime is a cause in all except Florida, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York. Physical inability is a cause in all of the states except California, Connecticut, Idaho, North Dakota, and Texas. Intemperance in all but Massachusetts, New Jersey, North Carolina, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, and West Virginia. The time of residence required to secure a divorce varies from six months in Idaho, Nebraska, Nevada, and Texas to three to five years in Massachusetts. In most states, it is one year. Rights of Married Women any and all property which a woman owns at her marriage, together with rents, issues, and profits thereof, and the property which comes to her by descent, devise, bequest, gift, or grant, or which she acquires by her trade, business, labor, or services performed on her separate account, shall, notwithstanding her marriage, remain her sole and separate property, and may be used, collected, and invested by her in her own name, and shall not be subject to the interference or control of her husband, or be liable for his debts, unless for such debts as may have been contracted for the support of her self or children by her as his agent. A married woman may likewise bargain, sell, assign, transfer, and convey such property, and enter into contracts regarding the same on her separate trade, labor, or business with the like effect as if she were unmarried. Her husband, however, is not liable for such contracts, and they do not render him or his property in any way liable thereof. She may also sue and be sued in all matters having relation to her sale and separate property in the same manner as if she were sold. In the following cases, a married woman's contract may be enforced against her and her separate estate. 1. When the contract is created in or respecting the carrying on of the trade or business of the wife. 2. When it relates to or is made for the sole benefit of her sole or separate estate. 3. When the intention to charge the separate estate is expressed in the contract creating the liability. When a husband receives a principal sum of money belonging to his wife, the law presumes he receives it for her use, and he must account for it, or expend it on her account by her authority or direction, or that she gave it to him as a gift. If he receives his interest or income and spends it with her knowledge and without objection, a gift will be presumed from acquiescence. Money received by a husband from his wife and expended by him under her direction on his land in improving the home of the family is a gift and cannot be recovered by the wife or reclaimed or an account demanded. An appropriation by a wife herself or of her separate property to the use and benefit of her husband, in the absence of all agreement to repay, 
or any circumstances from which such an agreement can be inferred, will not create the relation of debtor and creditor, nor render the husband liable to account. Though no gifts of word be spoken, a gift by a wife to her husband may be shown by the very nature of the transaction, or appear from the attending circumstances. A wife who causelessly deserts her husband is not entitled to the aid of a court of equity in getting possession of such chattels as she has contributed to the furnishing and adornment of her husband's home. Her legal title remains, and she could convey her interest to a third party by sale, and said party would have a good title unless her husband should prove a gift. Wife's property is not liable to a lien of a subcontractor for materials furnished to the husband for the erection of a building thereon, where it is not shown that the wife was notified of the intention to furnish the materials, or a settlement made with the contractor and given to the wife, her agent, or trustee. The common law of the United States has some curious provisions regarding the rights of married women, though in all the states there are statutory provisions essentially modifying this law. As it now stands, the husband is responsible for necessary supply to the wife, even should he not fail to supply them himself, and is held liable if he turn her from his house or otherwise separates himself from her without good cause. He is not held liable if the wife deserts him, or if he turns her away for good cause. If she leaves him through good cause, then he is liable. If a man lives with a woman as his wife, and so represents her, even though this representation is made to one who knows she is not, he is liable the same way as if she were his wife. The Law of Finding The general rule is that the finder has a clear title against every one but the owner. The proprietor of a hotel or a shop has no right to demand property of others found on his premises. Such proprietors may make regulations in regard to lost property which will bind their employees, but they cannot bind the public. The finder has been held to stand in the place of the owner, so that he was permitted to prevail in all action against a person who found an article which the plaintiff had originally found but subsequently lost. The police have no special right in regard to articles lost, unless those rights are conferred by statute. Receivers of articles found are trustees for the owner or finder. They have no power in the absence of special statute to keep an article against the finder, any more than the finder has to retain an article against the owner. The Law of Copyright the new copyright law, which went into effect July 1, 1909, differs in many respects from the law previously in force. Its main provisions are given below, but those desiring to avail themselves of its protection should write to the Register of Copyrights, Library of Congress, Washington, D.C., for full instructions and the necessary blanks, etc. The new law provides that the application for registration of any work shall specify to which of the following classes the work in which copyright is claimed belongs. A books including composite and encyclopedic works, directories, gazetteers, and other compilations, b. periodicals including newspapers, c. lectures, sermons, addresses prepared for oral delivery, d. dramatic or dramatico-musical compositions, c. musical compositions, f. maps, g. works of art, models, or designs for works of art, h. reproductions of a work of art, I. Drawings or plastic works of a scientific or technical character. J. Photographs. K. Prints and pictorial illustrations. Necessary Steps to Secure Copyright For works reproduced in copies for sale. 1. Publish the work with the copyright notice. The notice may be in the form of copyright, 19, year date of publication, by, name of copyright proprietor. 2. Promptly after publication, send to the Copyright Office, Library of Congress, Washington, D.C., two copies of the best edition of the work, with an application for registration and a money order payable to the Register of Copyrights for the statutory registration fee of $1.
In the case of books by American authors or permanent residents of the United States, the copies deposited must be accompanied by an affidavit, under the official seal of an officer authorizing to administer oaths, stating that the typesetting, printed, and binding of the book have been performed in the United States. Affidavit and application forms will be supplied upon request. Books of foreign origin in a language or languages other than English are not required to be manufactured in the United States. In the case of a book in the English language published abroad before publication in this country, an ad interim copyright for 30 days may be secured under certain conditions. Copyright may also be had of certain classes of works, see A, B, and C below, of which copies are not re reproduced for sale by filing an application for registration with the statutory fee of $1, sending therewith a. In the case of lectures or other oral addresses, or of dramatic or musical compositions, one complete manuscript or typewritten copy of the work. Registration, however, does not exempt the copyright proprietor from the deposit of printed copies. b. In the case of photographs not intended for general circulation, one photographic print. c. In the cases of works of art, paintings, drawings, sculpture, or of drawings or plastic works of a scientific or technical character, one photograph or other identifying reproduction of the work. In all these cases, if the work is later reproduced in copies for sale, such copies must be deposited. Duration of Copyright The original term of copyright runs for 28 years and may be renewed under certain conditions for a further term of 28 years, making 56 in all. Assignments Copyrights are assignable by any instrument of writing. Every assignment of copyright must be recorded in the Copyright Office within three months after its execution in the United States or within six months after its execution without the limits of the United States. Legal Holidays in Various States January 1st, New Year's Day, all the states including District of Columbia except Massachusetts, Mississippi, and New Hampshire. January 19th, Lee's Birthday in Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, and Arkansas. February 12th, Lincoln's Birthday, in Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Washington, and Wyoming. February 22nd, Washington's Birthday, in all the states and District of Columbia, in Mississippi, observed in the schools. April 14, 1911, Good Friday, in Alabama, Delaware, Florida, Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee. April 19th, Patriot's Day in Maine and Massachusetts. April 26th, Confederate Memorial Day, in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi. May, second Sunday, Mother's Day, recognized in 16 states. May 10th, Confederate Memorial Day, in North Carolina and South Carolina, in Tennessee, second Friday of May. May, last Friday, Pioneer Day, in Montana. May 30th, Decoration Day, in all states and territories and the District of Columbia except Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas, in Virginia called Confederate Memorial Day. June 3rd, Jefferson Davis's birthday, in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, and South Carolina, in Louisiana called Confederate Memorial Day. July 4th, Independence Day, in all states, territories, and the District. September 4, 1911, Labor Day, in all states, territories, and the district except North Dakota. October 12, Columbus Day, in New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Connecticut, New Jersey, Michigan, Montana, California, Ohio, Maryland, Kentucky, and Rhode Island. November 1, All Saints Day, in Louisiana. November, General Election Day, in Arizona, California, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Idaho, Illinois, Chicago, Springfield, and East St. Louis only. Indiana, 
Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Montana, Missouri, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, 5.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. only, Oklahoma, Oregon, presidential only, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, West Virginia, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. By Act of March 3, 1875, elections of representatives in Congress take place on the Tuesday af next after the first Monday in November 1876 and every second year thereafter. November 30, 1911, Thanksgiving Day, observed in all the states, Arizona, New Mexico, and the District of Columbia. December 25, Christmas Day, in all the states, territories, and the district. Arbor Day, in Arizona, Maine, Maryland, New Mexico, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and Pennsylvania, by appointment of the Governor. Texas, February 22nd. Nebraska, April 22nd. Utah, April 15th. Rhode Island, second Friday in May. Montana, second Tuesday in May. Georgia, first Friday in December. Colorado, in the schools, third Friday in April. Oklahoma, Friday after second Monday in March. Arkansas, first Saturday in March. Half Holidays Every Saturday after 12 o'clock noon, in California, public offices, in Illinois, cities of 200,000 or more inhabitants, in Maryland, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Virginia, District of Columbia, for banking, New Orleans, Charleston, Louisiana, and Missouri, cities of 100,000 or more inhabitants, in Tennessee, state and county offices, in Colorado, for June, July, and August, in Indiana, from first Saturday in June to last Saturday in October, for public offices in counties with a county seat of 100,000 or more of population. Principal Points of Constitutional Law Congress must meet at least once a year. One state cannot undo the acts of another. Congress may admit as many new states as desired. The Constitution guarantees every citizen a speedy trial by jury. A state cannot exercise a power which is vested in Congress alone. One state must respect the laws and legal decisions of another. Congress cannot pass a law to punish a crime already committed. U.S. Senators are chosen by the legislatures of the states by joint ballot. Bills for revenue can originate only in the House of Representatives. A person committing a felony in one state cannot find refuge in another. The Constitution of the United States forbids excessive bail or cruel punishment. Treaties with foreign countries are made by the President and ratified by the Senate. In the U.S. Senate, R Rhode Island, or Nevada has an equal voice with New York. When Congress passes a bankruptcy law, it annuls all the state laws on that subject. Writing alone does not constitute treason against the United States. There must be an overt act. Congress cannot lay any disabilities on the children of a person convicted of crime or misdemeanor. The territories each send a delegate to Congress who has the right of debate, but not the right to vote. The Vice President, who ex officio presides over the Senate, has no vote in that body except on a tie ballot. An act of Congress cannot become a law over the President's veto except on a two-thirds vote of both houses. An officer of the government cannot accept title of nobility, order, or honor without the permission of Congress. Money lost in the mails cannot be recovered from the government. Registering a letter does not ensure its contents. It is the House of Representatives that may impeach the President for any crime, and the Senate hears the accusation. If the President holds a bill longer than ten days while Congress is still in session, it becomes a law without his signature. Silver coin of denominations less than one dollar is not a legal tender for more than five dollars. Copper and nickel coin is not legal tender. The term of a congressman is two years, but a congressman may be re-elected to as many successive terms as his constituents may wish. 
Amendments to the Constitution require two-thirds vote of each House of Congress and must be ratified by at least three-fourths of the states. When the militia is called out in the service of general government, they pass out of the control of the various states under the command of the President. The President of the United States must be 35 years of age, a United States Senator 30, a Congressman 25. The President must have been a resident of the United States for 14 years. A grand jury is a secret tribunal and may hear only one side of a case. It simply decides whether there is a good reason to hold for trial. It consists of 24 men, 12 of whom may indict. A naturalized citizen cannot become president or vice president of the United States. A male child born abroad of American parents has an equal chance to become president with one born on American soil. End of section 25.